Good evening, and welcome to this episode of uh, Gouda on Gouda. This is uh, episode, uh, I believe, six. Six, let's say. And it's French week here on Gouda on Gouda. Um, <clears throat> with me, as always, is Mr. Jerome Ralston. Jerome, good evening. Evening, Bob. And how are you tonight? Uh, a little concerned, a little worried. No, no need to be worried. There's nothing challenging going on tonight. Well, one of these I can smell already. I'm not sure which one. Uh, you know, the cheeses that we have this week, uh, you know, uh, a few French, French, uh, choices here. Two, take two. Ah, the French. Uh... I don't even know how to pronounce. I don't pronounce. know how Mr. Orson Welles feels about the French. Oh, the French. Um, so what we have tonight, we've got uh, my, in my limited uh, knowledge of the terminology of cheeses, it's uh, what I believe is technically called one of those, uh, one of those weird cheeses where the consistency uh, changes and is really soft in the middle and it's really kind of kind of gelatinous towards the outside, and then there's a thick rind along the outside that maybe you're supposed to eat, maybe you're not. I don't know. But that cheese... Well, there's about a centimeter of color gradient there. That would be the bucarole. It's a bucarole, is what it is. And uh, to accompany that cheese, we have one that we've... Uh, not this specific one that we've had before. Uh, this is a, a Morbier uh, raclette. Now... It, uh, I'm actually going to open the raclette first because I'd like to uh, prepare it because apparently this is a cheese that uh, calls upon um, a, a measure that, you know, we've taken in the past with our cheeses, um, not necessarily uh, recent enough to have been in an episode, but it is the test of, but how does it melt? Why is there what appears to be a thin, dark purple stripe down well, the middle of this is, wedge of cheese, Jerome? That is a thin layer of vegetable ash. Another ashes cheese. Yeah. All yeah, right. Indeed. All right. Um, it's going to be hard-pressed to beat that so, ashes of paprika thing we had, what, six you, months ago? Uh, could you give me a knife over there? So I've got to... Uh, I've got to put a little bit of this in a, into a pan... And melt it up because apparently you're that's how you're supposed to eat raclette. Um, I gotta try it this without melting. Yes. Oh no. We will. We will absolutely try it before, and with and without melting, just to see, you know, if the French were right. If the French were correct, uh, I'm gonna say based on that that raclette is probably a fondue cheese. I don't know. It could be. Um, this is really inexpensive cheese for fancy yes, cheese. Yes. Um, it's not these, commodity cheese. But none of these are especially expensive. Um, how much is that? 15 bucks a pound, late yeah. 2018. That's why I believe it's a, it's a fondue. It's like a commodity cheese where... Um, well, it's not like a brick of cheddar or something. No, no, no. But I'm guessing it's bought in large amounts to sort of, um, you know, melt down Culinary purposes. A, exactly. Or culinary or however fancy people pronounce that. Now, do you want to, uh, you want to try this first, yeah, or do you absolutely. want to open the, okay. So, 
is the Morbier Reclette. All right, got a piece of ash in each one of these. A little bit of ash in each one. A very Ooh. visually appealing um, layer, and uh, I should get a picture of this before we start carving it up. Um, Maybe it's my imagination, but I can smell the ashes. A purplish vein of vegetable ash that runs through the uh, runs down the, the, the center of the wheel, and uh, I'm just gonna snap a quick pick of that. It's a nice looking cheese. A it's got a smell. It's got a. Uh, it's got a visible oiliness to it, which uh, leads me to think that this is going to melt very well. Yes, it's shiny. The, shiny. the, uh, the odor is... Uh, I don't think it's offensive at all. Uh, all right. That is a completely unremarkable consistency. A very soft, very creamy, very oily consistency is what it is. Bitter note, though. I assume the ashes. Bitter note, yeah. Um, that basically covers up almost anything else. Now let's see if when prepared properly and melted, as a reflect is supposed to do, uh, let's see if that bitter note goes away. What are you opening there? This is a bag of pita chips because, uh, you know, if we're going to be scraping melted cheese out of a frying pan and scooping it out of a... Uh, soft consistency, you know, uh, piece there. Um, I figured we should have some sort of cheese conveyance. So, you know, some salted pita chips. Always good. I don't, I'm not sure what else I have to say about the taste of this stuff without heating it. Well, it tastes kind of bitter, and it's got a soft but cohesive consistency. That is because, apparently, you have not tasted it in its correct format. Nonetheless, so we are going to find out. So you're saying the best way to process the... something that's got ashes in it is to heat it up again. Correct. We're just going to let that sit on a low heat. Then we're just going to scrape it out of the pan with pita chips. But while we're waiting for that, are pita chips French? <sighs> that's a good question. I am going to say probably not. I will. I'm going to say they're probably. I don't know, Greek? I will admit, after the hand cheese that required to be eaten, it was required to be eaten in its native form, i.e. with raw onion, I, feel I like have a slightly jaundiced <coughs> view of cheese that needs to be eaten as the natives do. Well, but this is, look, Jer, there ain't nothing more, there ain't nothing more Gouda on Gouda, more American than melted cheese, okay? Melted cheese is a special thing. Draws out the oils. It, uh, it's just, I, I don't know. All of my, my, my finest cheese memories in life have been, uh, have been that of melted cheese. I just like melted cheese quite a bit. So, this Bucarole that we're opening here, I tried this earlier today at Premier. And, uh, I was told that this rind, which has a visual, visual uh, similarity to brain, is a rind that forms naturally from uh, mold. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a matter of personal preference to whether you eat the rind or not. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of the rinds in these types of cheeses. But, in the interest of discussion, I will be trying it anyway. 
So, let's... Uh, that's, uh, that's courageous of you, Bob. Well, you know, it's... I'm in this for the science. You know, okay. you got to have the full experience, you know? You can't just... You're uh, saying that it, there's nothing ineffable about cheese? Cheese is... Cheese is a f- one of the... Cheese is one of the few ineffable things in life, I think. So, let me, uh... Thank you. I'm going to try to get a little bit of every... See, it's got like a gradient consistency to it where... Yeah, it's a fairly deep band oxidation. He said uh, that, you know, the, the further it ages, the more the rest of it becomes to look like the kind of inner outer ring as opposed to the almost creamy brie-like consistency of the, uh, of the middle. The inner sanctum of the cheese. The inner ring, the seventh circle. All right, let's see how this is. Mm-hmm. It's right. got a, it smells uh, like a French soft it cheese. Smells like a French soft cheese. Mm. Is this cave aged? I believe so. Yeah, it's got that taste. That kind of. Uh, Loamy. Loamy, yeah. Yeah. That would not have that was not the word I was trying to think of. But yeah, that is it. Let's uh let's try inside. Let's try just the composite layers now. Yeah, that's really heavy. I I like that though. I think that um I feel like I'm digging in my backyard. That doesn't let up. And I don't want it to let up, you know? We differ. Yeah? Let me get a little bit of that inside. Hopefully that's a bit more to my taste. The inside might be stronger. Mm. Oh, presumably different mold culture. Yeah, that's got a citrusy almost. Maybe like a lime or something. Yeah. A definitely kind of citrus note to it. Yeah, it's got some bite. That's coming at you. So that's the inner. Yeah, the inner now is... let's try just the outer. Ugh. I don't think this is going to be... I think the, the, I think the inner part is probably the, uh, the strongest uh, element. Well, I'll give it a shot. I'll give the outer ring a shot here, but... Based on the previous tastes, mm. I think that's the loam. I, I think that's even better. Mm. Well, that'd be one of us. I'll try it. Now that's more like brie. So it must be the very outer ring is given the loam, the actual rind yes. proper. I'm guessing because All right. it's a like an, it takes on the the flavor of the atmosphere. Yeah, of the cave. Of the cave, which is loam. Um, I think that that kind of outer ring. I think that's where all the flavor is. the The inner part is a sort of, uh, you know, it's got a good flavor to it. I don't really know what to say about it, though. That's odd. The outer ring is more mild than the inner part. Exactly. I think that's strange, but I don't know. This cheese. This format of cheese, this uh, this cheese that sort of 
kind of starts from the outside and becomes a different consistency as it goes in is <clears throat> it's tough for me to understand like the the flavor is obviously as you go from the the rind inward it's three different flavor profiles yeah, well i don't like the rind well, the rind, yeah. I mean... It's way too loamy for my taste. That's why it's a matter of personal preference whether you even eat the rind. Yes. Well, I do not wish to eat the brain rind. Oh, my cheese knife fell apart. Inferior cheese knife. That's a shame. Hmm. It's not up to the French cheese. Um, our raclette is bubbling away over there, so I'm going to bring that back over. All right. And we're going to give that I'm going to get a little bit more of the inside of this. I, I mean, say, that's got a nice creamy taste to it. Yeah. Well, that's pretty sharp. There's. It's sharp, though. It's not yeah. sharp like cheddar. No. I think you're right. That's sharp like a citrus or some sort of acid. Very citrusy. I find the. Uh, mm. I actually like that. Yeah. In part, I will admit, I'm not a big brie guy, mm -hmm. and the outer, not the rind, but the outer ring tastes a lot like a cave age brie to me. That inner part. <clears throat> That's almost not like, it's almost like a, not Marmite, but like some sort of aggressive relish. An aggressive relish. It doesn't taste like cheese to me. The consistency is of cheese, but it's almost like a... Are you talking the outer? No, the inside. The inside? Yeah. I think it's, it. I mean, it tastes to me like a good yep. sharp Vegemite. Bread. That's what it tastes Vegemite. like to me. No. <laughs> So it tastes like garbage. I, I like that. It's got it's sharp in a way that is not like a cheddar. I'm just gonna bring. I this, can see uh, that. Oh yes, the kitchen here. Yeah, I'm gonna snap a picture of this. The uh, kitchen that is Gouda on Gouda Studios smells very strongly of, of bubbling raclette. Like I should be ordering breakfast or something. Cheese that you could fry in a pan. All right. I see. So, despite the bubbling, the purple stripe has persisted. Yes. Let me show Dip in there. Yep. Lost my chip. <laughs> and Bob's chip is in okay. the molten cheese. Going to be a little hot. Yeah. You don't say. A little drippy. And now it tastes different. Yeah. Okay. Because that is how raclette is supposed to be eaten. That's good. Yeah. Oh yeah, the saltiness really comes out. The the oils you can taste now. This is a this is a fondue cheese through and through. Now it buffers the the hit. Yeah. Eating it solid, unmelted, it just tasted like bitter. Yes. At about a half intensity the whole time. Exactly. I think what happens is the buffers it. The oils break down and sort of collect the saltiness. And I could eat. I could eat a whole frying pan full of this. It's not a very big, big frying pan you got there. Yeah, but it's stainless. Just likely to cooking cooking on a flame with stainless steel uh, uncoated. Uh, Cookware is the driving stick of cooking. 
Well, so of course, just melting cheese in, in a frying pan. <laughs> There's actually a, a small thing that they actually sell at Premier for processing meltable cheeses properly. It's a small, like, wedge, stoneware wedge, but please. That's really good. I'm going to go back to the unmelted. Yeah, that brings out. Reclet. But it wakes it right up. I wouldn't know that's the same cheese. Me either. Me either. Careful, there's some rind. Rind's not very good on it, either. No. Yes. Unmelted, it's bitter. Yeah, I understand why that's how you're supposed to eat raclette. It's got like a, when, when you melt it, it has almost a, like a sourdough taste to it. Yes. Now, admittedly, that may, I may be conflating this with bread cheese. Which is also another frying pan cheese. Also supposed to be served out of a frying pan, but the thing about bread cheese, though, is that it holds its holds its form. Sorry for talking while eating. That's kind of the but point. But that of is it. kind of the whole point of it. So I'm actually going to uh, you know cook up some more of that. Cook up a little more of this because this is it certainly merits a second look. Absolutely. I'm not fully decided on this bucarole. Well, the issue is that it's almost uh, three cheeses in one. Well, I'm going to try to count the rind, so we'll say two cheeses. Yeah, I don't like that rind at all. Yeah, well, it's made of mold, and it looks like well, cheese. It's cheese, but you don't get cheese without fungus. So I'm going to do a little more work on this and see if I can come up with something better than to say that it tastes different. Yeah, both or it of these tastes cheeses, like Vegemite. Both of these cheeses have a sort of sort of an inscrutable uh, inscrutable nature to them. That in the, there's really not that much to say. That's not true at all. Well, that reclet. The reclet, yeah, plenty to say about that. But it's almost like every every time I taste this bucarole, I get something different. I'm gonna try to get a little of both ring. Ooh, hey, that's just the cheese frying up aggressively. If you can hear the crackle, can't wait to get to that, huh? All right, I'm going to say this about the bucarole. Okay. I mean, I've already said some things, but I'm going to... For, for the record, without the rind, this is like a brie with a really sharp acidic note in it, if you just combine the other two layers of it. Yeah. And the acidic the... note's the inside, the brie's the outside. I'm not a big fan of brie, especially mm -hmm. not loamy brie like this is. Mm -hmm. Cave brie. Uh, who, who says, hey, I want my food to taste like a cave? People who like the taste of caves. This seems odd to me. 
Yeah. I think, I think that when you have the two different layers together, the brie layer sort of tempers the more bitter center. Uh, I disagree. You think so? I feel that the brie layer is tempered by... <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. I'm, that's what I meant. Um, <laughs> a nice distinction, but in my mind, a necessary one because the it's it's just so citrusy though, and that's not that's not the flavor that I expected. No. Interesting to know. This also is not terribly expensive for a fancy cheese. This is also fifteen bucks a pound, like yeah. twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um. Gotta say, one of the unless one of I was the, trying to show off for a bunch of francophiles, I don't know. I get this stuff, but. This, anyway, the raclette I could see melting down. This is more like the kind of cheese where you could, uh, you can eat this cheese, you can say a lot of lofty things about it, and make this cheese out to be something more than it is. Yeah. It's a sharp and acidic brie with a kind of gross brain-looking rind, and maybe that's all it is. No, it's not a sweet brie. It's not a cream brie. It's a loamy brie. Should we melt it in a pan? No. I mean, you can if you want to find out. It's your kitchen. I don't get the loam anywhere outside of the rind. Mm. Um, I almost wish it were aged more so we got more of the brie layer than the creamy layer. Yeah. But. I can see that. At the same time. Um, maybe fancy, uh, maybe fancy brie gets, uh. Guess just age more. Wow, I wish it were more of a goat kind of. Uh, well, it's not a goat cheese. It's a no, brie. I know, I know. But it's got that same consistency. Just about done melting, huh? Mm-hmm. Keep bubbling, bubbling up good. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> All right, I, I will get. I, I gotta say, of these two, my favorite is by far the Reclaim. Oh no, by far. But I mean, uh, especially melted. I'm on record. And I if can't, I'm not on record, I would like to be on record as I, not being a big fan of soft French cheese. I can't believe that we had a raclette before and didn't melt it because. Well, this whole thing's been an educational. Process. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Um, so the raclette, top notch. When um, melted. When melted. When eaten um, raw, unremarkable. That's the thing, though. It limits it. You can't just bring a tray of this to a cheese party and be like, well, where's your where's your cheese softening stone? Yeah, or your chaffing tray. Your chaffing tray. So it's got limited application. However, if you are doing a fondue thing... Or a breakfast. It, it sticks very well. It's a very sticky cheese when melted. Um, you can dip things into it and it will... And it's a fondue cheese. You know, fondue is a thing that's coming back. Or maybe it came back about eight years ago and went away again. I don't know. I'm well, about seeing as I think fondue was last big in the 70s, and it, if it yes. did come and go about eight years ago, well... That would have been about right. Yeah, well, we got about another 30-some years to wait for it to come back I'll again. I'll fondue. I'll fondue even if it ain't cool. It's just that fondue, that's a lot of effort. A lot of effort. Um, I would say that's a breakfast cheese. I could see that. Um, I mean, the way it melts down, it... It stays in form. It doesn't, uh, it just gets kind of. I think so. Hard to say. Uh, Alright, well, what's your final final verdict on it? So, Reclet's good stuff, but. Reclet's good stuff. Needs, um, needs treatment. Needs treatment. It's an applied cheese. Um, the 
book a roll. I wouldn't get it again. Um, I probably won't finish this whole chunk that we have here unless I get really hungry tonight. <laughs> um, but it's it's like the the blue cheese of last week. I'm sure it's very good if that's what you're into. I'm sure it's of interest to a specialist. If you are a pretentious cheesophile and you want to say a bunch of nice things about a cheese that's, uh, you know, this format of cheese. All right, that's fine. But uh, for for Jerome and myself, we, uh, you know, we just, uh, we just don't need that. You know, I wouldn't get the book a roll again. Um, Unless I'm going to a French party. Unless I'm going to a French party. And even then, I've had cheeses like this that I think were better. I can't name any of them because I well, we don't got have a notebook right like here. Six months ago. Um, well, this I'd say would be the challenge cheese. Yes, indeed. Challenge. Yeah, you got the you got the approachable one. You got the fancy one, and then you got the challenge one. Yeah, this would probably be a challenge cheese. Precisely. Um, so that's it. That's uh, that's our verdict. Uh, it's you know they're in, they're not all going to be strong opinions, but um, there will be an opinion. So, um, presumably that's coming up. Uh, coming up next week, we've got a uh, a special VIP cheese. And I'm not going to say any more about that, but uh, be ready because it's going to be something special. Um, from the studios of uh, Gouda and Gouda, thank you for listening and have yourself a good week.